just going to give you a quick uh, format uh, of uh, the form this morning. Then we'll have an opening prayer. And I'll turn the mic over to Dave Pensa. What we're going to do is uh, have the first half hour will be presentation-based. Um, there'll be uh, some slides uh, that Brother Dave will go through for the most part. Uh, or at the end of that, I will do about eight or ten minutes of slides on web filters. And then uh, Brother Dan Greniger will have a few thoughts to share. And uh, at that point, we'll have a panel of three of us just wide open questions. Uh, be able to practically talk about uh, this topic of the internet and its challenges. So let's start with bowing our heads in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege of being here at camp and for the many forums and different topics that are addressed. And this topic is one that uh, is something that many of us can relate to as a challenge in our generation. There's many wonderful blessings of the internet, and it is a powerful tool for information, and yet we recognize that there are dangers that we need to be increasingly vigilant against. We ask for your power, your Holy Spirit, to give us wisdom, direction, and insight into the challenges that our generation faces. There are so many tools and uh, things that are available now that previous generations never had. And we pray that awareness, wisdom that would come from you and from learning from one another. And as we discuss this, we invite your Holy Spirit to be present with us, to give us thoughts and insight into what we can do in our time. We pray for Brother Dave and for all those that will share that your Holy Spirit would be present in leading our discussion. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Good morning. I want to talk today about the benefits of glucosamine and chondroitin. Limited clinical studies have found that they are very beneficial to joints and muscle aches and pains. Okay. By now, the teens have probably switched off and are not paying any attention, so we'll get right to what the form is really about, internet dangers. Again, if you set a level playing field for the, for the teens, they just, the rest of this, they just sign up. Internet dangers, what was commissioned was an informative forum to discuss today's internet. There'll be a panel discussion at the end to discuss the various aspects of online trends, dangers, personal impact and intentions, and what parents and adults can do to stay aware and engaged. As Brother Fred pointed out, the uh, forum agenda is to first set a forum expectation. Some people know a whole lot about the internet, so this first part might bore you. Uh, a lot of others don't know what some of the online websites, some of the online concepts are. So in discussing that, hopefully it will bring us to a level playing field. So stay with us if some of this is either boring or over your head. We'll get to the forum at the end. Um, we'll talk about the internet. What is it? The dangers. Um, uh, Brother Daniel will speak of uh, intentions and then have an open floor discussion. Um, the internet today, 2009, it is worldwide. There is real-time messaging, dynamic publishing, interactive chat, portable. That's not just portable as in on your cell phone, which means if you take away your kid's internet, if you've left them a cell phone, that information is still accessible very portably. And thank you, Brother Daniel, who with his cell phone was able to get internet access here to grab a couple screenshots 
in uh, this week without having to use EMU's campus uh, network at all. So it's fascinating how portable the internet can be, as well as your personal information is portable now to various different websites. And we might just talk about the impact of that in the future as well. Um, it is publicly accessible, and it is very inexpensive, so inexpensive um, in, the, in the eyes of the world, if you look at the bottom, there are three nations uh, at this point so far, Estonia, Greece, and France, that have made internet access a basic human right. So any laws, any stipulations, any legislation has, cannot infringe on people's rights to access information and the internet. So it is only going to be a growing trend. And of course, the United Nations, uh, as pointed out at the bottom, is actively pursuing for access to basic information and communication services to be a human right. So uh, it's only going to get greater from, um, the permeation of the internet is only going to get larger from here on out. Um, internet influence, this is from marketing profs, so take it for what you will. The amount of new technical information is doubling every two years. So for students studying a four-year degree, half of what they learn in their first year of study will already be outdated by the time they hit their third year in college or for Canadians university. The bottom um, trend shows the amount of time it takes for any technology to make, um, uh, to reach a certain size audience. And for those listening on the recording, um, there is a, a graph with radio, television, internet, iPod, and Facebook. It took for radio about 37 years for 50 million radios to be in use. And then it goes down from television being 13 years, internet, four years, iPod, three years, Facebook, two years to reach 50 million. Facebook is now up to 250 million users. Web 2.0, it's not a certain technical phrase. It was coined by Tim O'Reilly, for those who know computer books. And what he thought of Web 2.0 is the collaboration of thought information, where information is portable, and information can be uh, collaborated um, across all servers, where computer servers used to be isolated, where you have your computer at home, you have your computer at school. Now they all interconnect, they all can talk, and your information, if you log into one PC here, will be the same information that's logged in somewhere else. Um, the two main points we'll talk about, at least in this first 10 minutes, is user-generated content and social networking. User-generated content, what is it, what is, what is uh, the benefit of it, if any? Um, the uh, forum committee asked for specific ones to be touched on, so I'm gonna hit the first one, Flickr.com. It is a self-moderated community of sharing photographs and discussing photographs. YouTube.com, user-generated video, where um, visitors can then post their comments on each video as they see them, uh, and user commentary um, being part of user-generated feedback. Feedback can be valuable if you're looking for people's input at times. Um, certain times it's not. And finally, blogs. If you don't know what a blog is, it's a web log or a personal journal that encourages visit, visitor um, commentary and interaction. What are the dangers? The sheer volume of information that is available on YouTube and the internet, I'm gonna give this um, illustration. In 1948, ABC became the third major network to broadcast television. That's with CBS and NBC. In the 60 years, 61 years now since then, if every moment of network television was new and original programming for 24 hours a day for 61 years, it comes out to 1.5 million hours of content. And we know with reruns and everything else, a lot of it really isn't original content. But YouTube has reached and will reach 1.5 million hours of original content in six months. 61 years, six months. 
without producers, and 88% of it is completely original content. Proverbs 17, 24, a discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. If you're going to look for, for one and a half million hours, um, you're only leading yourself to a path of confusion and leading yourself down a path of, of well, let's face it, one and a half, probably 1.49 million hours of content that's not very valuable or um, uh, going to be much of a blessing. Um, the ability to produce and share information is continually made easier. So keep in mind, most users of the internet are not known for their moderation, modesty, or morals. And of course, seemingly innocent websites can obviously be used maliciously like Craigslist, where folks, um, one of the story I was, stories I was gonna bring up is people on Craigslist just say, hey, free stuff in my front yard. I'm at 123 Main Street, come on down. And so an hour or two later, as everything is picked clean and the police arrive and the last person hauls out the last possession, they say, uh, sir, where are you going with that? Oh, I saw a posting on Craigslist. This address is giving away free stuff. And the officer would say, well, that, that person called the police because somebody used this address and said free stuff, and obviously their stuff isn't for sale or they wouldn't have called the authorities. So keep in mind, even though information is on the internet, your children should be made aware that it's not necessarily true or accurate. Overview of three websites, MySpace. It's a personal webpage where, where users, mostly teens, would share photos, videos, interests, links. They uh, expect commentaries uh, in sort of a blog fashion and expect visitors to comment on their site as well. Facebook is sort of MySpace um, plus because it is more of a social networking scenario where you have interest groups, peer groups getting together, families, friends, schools, where, where, where kids and adults would say, um, this is my favorite band, or this is why my hair is brown, or this is the kind of celebrity that I most, I don't know, speak like, look like, what have you. Um, Twitter, Twitter is actually for, um, it's Facebook times 10, as it is quick, almost thoughtless um, messages that have to be 140 characters or less. That is just whatever your random uses for the day. Um, and folks will subscribe to, if it's in my case, what Dave Pensa is typing on his cell phone moment by moment. And trust me, my life is not that interesting to follow me moment by moment. But that's the kind of narcissism that, that permeates the web 2.0 where kids really think that they're more important than they are. And it gives them sort of a sense of, of uh, delusions of grandeur, we'll call it. Um, dangers of social networking then, those three sites at least in particular, is certainly addiction. And this goes with all new media. Uh, addictions to social networking and putting yourself up against your peers. Addictions to gaming, addiction to pornography. Uh, there's a way of purity program that's available uh, where it uses user accountability partners. It is licensed by the church, it's a 60 day program. And each church should have a liaison uh, that is associated with that program. Um, again, keep in mind that websites have their bottom line and bottom dollar in mind, and when you tell this to your children or to those who you counsel or look up to you, um, the websites are a business after all, and they don't care about your personal well-being. Um, there's no age verification as far as an ID. You can type in whatever age you want to be. Um, information and posts are kept forever, even after you cancel your account. So just for marketing purposes, just from those companies who might have nefarious intentions, your information can be sold even after um, you cancel your account based on the terms of agreements. Uh, companies like, like um, Facebook and MySpace don't remove photos just because they're unflattering. 
Um, it needs to have some sort of drug use, pornography. Uh, it needs to be obscene in some way, and then they'll do it. This is a quick graphic that um, was from Despair.com that shows what I thought was an amusing look between MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, and TweetStock, where really, if you think of the narcissism that comes from Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter, how people think of themselves as greater than they are, and then with Twitter being so quick, it's more of an ADHD setting, and stalking is when you follow people on Facebook and Twitter and want to keep tabs on them. It's not a very healthy environment. Tips for parents. Instruct your children never to give out personal information. Everybody hears that, everybody reads that, but it's good to keep that in mind. Never arrange face-to-face -face meetings with people online. Your children should never feel obligated to respond to a message that makes them feel uncomfortable, um, that makes them feel awkward. Tell them you're not obligated to talk to people online just because a window pops up and somebody says hello. So they should be made aware of that. Um, people are not always who they say they are. We've learned that from the uh, Craigslist example. And finally, the internet doesn't change expectations or behavior of a young man or a woman just because it's online and you think that you are anonymous. If there's one thing you take away from today for your parents, it's this phrase, show me your profile. What does that mean? On Facebook, on MySpace, on, on those social networking sites, even if you don't know what a profile is, just remember to ask your son, daughter, or guardian, uh, somebody under your care, just show me your profile. What you should be able to see or glean from their profile is that, first of all, that they're not throwing you off their trail. Make sure that if they're spending hours at the library or a friend's house or your house on one of these social networking sites, make sure that they show you a site that is, um, that is consistent with how much time they spend online so that they're not showing you a dummy um, profile where their buddy says, hello, Timmy, would you like to come over for tea or something like that? It needs to be something that is consistent with their character and not something they're just trying to get you off their trail. So verify it's the websites they typically access and ask in love. Just say, show me your profile. I'm curious for your sake. Um, and, and again, that conversation should be taking place anyway. Uh, make sure that your child's age is correct on the website because if they make themselves out to be a 40-year-old housewife from Topeka, they're going to be able to access a whole lot more than a 14-year-old girl or boy should be able to access. Um, certain features are date-dependent on their birth date, so make sure that it's accurate. Say, son, can you just show me your profile for a moment? And it'll show his um, birth date, make sure it's accurate, but make sure it's not publicly shown. Verify that protection settings are turned on. If their data has changed and they've turned off protections, that's not good for anybody's sake. Make sure that last name, phone, address are not entered. You get this in the, in the news media all the time to make sure that your privacy is, is intact. Review their friends list. Their friends should be synonymous with the friends you know about. At, at max, you should know each of the friends. At minimum, it should be explainable by your child. Now, I don't have a child who's old enough to be on social networking sites, but just be sure they can, at minimum, kind of explain who their friends are. And it's a good practice if it's not on a website, just in real life. 2.0 as I coined it as well. And finally, if your child is, they really should be willing to allow you to review any texts, any blogs, any forums uh, that they've entered just to be sure they're on the safe side. And if you come into the room, uh, which it shouldn't really be in another room, it should be publicly accessible, but when you go to the PC, your child should be able to say, or you should be able to see, I'm sorry, um, good behavior. And if you see all of a sudden the attitude in the text or the chat window change, if you see PAW, POS, that's 
parents are watching or parents are over your shoulder or if they hit nine, that means a parent has come into the room, then they'll change their behavior. Yes, Timmy, I'd love to come over for tea. And then if they hit nine, nine, and the parent leaves the room, then there's, there's a trust issue there and you should really work that out with your children. Last but not least, collaboration. Sites like Wikipedia, it is, a, um, it is an encyclopedia project across multiple languages that try to bring information into one single place. Uh, one example is the Opsal Christian Church entry on Wikipedia, which if I right now were to go online, can just click edit and make any change I want to. So if I wanted to make the church entirely opposite in what our faith and what our beliefs are, I can just go in and edit until the next person comes in and they can make the Opsal Christian Church whatever they want it to be on the internet. So for your children to trust that Wikipedia, because it's collaborative knowledge, is accurate at all, just be sure to know that there is a truth, first in the word of God, clearly, and not to rely on Wikipedia, that there's other better sources for information specifically about scripture. Um, I will turn it over to Brother Fred, who has this next part of the form. Needless to say, it can be pretty overwhelming, the amount of stuff that uh, flows in and we are bombarded with. And uh, some of it you don't even ask for. It just throws it in your face. Um, I'm going to just pull the audience here. How many of you have been minding your own business, so to speak, on the Internet, and up comes something objectionable? Raise your hand. I think we've got almost 100% here. And uh, it's just a click away into the red light district, which years ago you had to forcefully make a decision to get in a car or walk downtown to the section of town that has a bunch of garbage and pornography. And today, families and individuals can be exposed to that. So what can we do about some of the dangers of the Internet that are in the area of just filtering out the junk? Well, first of all, on the security side, we need to recognize that there are tools, um, you know, the viruses that even will spawn and malware that spawns uh, uh, links to garbage and, and the spyware, uh, there's tools for that. And then we want to talk about filter software as well. Um, there's so many different types of filter software. Many of you are using them. Some of you are not. And uh, we wanted to just briefly introduce one to you that uh, the Apostolic Christian Church counseling services in the United States has made a recommendation to use this one. And uh, we, with uh, our uh, fellowship of churches, have also started a counseling services uh, called ACCN. And uh, this one here is highly recommended as a comprehensive one for dealing with protecting your family. Uh, there's not time in a, a forum like this to go into all of the different levels of what we're talking about. But certainly, it, it's good to just take a, two or three minutes to go into some of the details. This is their website. Next slide shows some of the features. Uh, it can protect children, marriages, your personal thought life by basically filtering out these areas that are concerned. Pornography, if your child, and it could be an innocent thing, a little girl could type in, Pretty girls, right? In Google, for example, or Yahoo, search engines. And if you do that, you're not just going to link to Barbie websites, right? Um, and you can imagine 
the shock and the defilement that can take place when a child would type in something like that, let's say it's a 10 or 11 year old, and up comes pornographic introduction home pages with one of those choices. Well, with the filter software available from a wide variety of companies, um, that will be stopped. The message will come up and say, you know, this site is being blocked because of permissions that are set. Uh, and it can stop gambling sites, uh, hate sites, uh, war sites, many different types like that. Uh, that tool is about uh, $49 if you buy it individually. There's another one that is the number one commercially available one. Uh, I think the other one was uh, considered uh, very good because of its family-friendly approach and its more Christian values approach. This one is very valuable from the standpoint that it's one of the ones that's updated the most, has a lot of control features, and it's considered rated the number one uh, tool out there, Net Nanny. There's a free one that I'd like to tell you about as well. For those of you that have never put a web filter program in place, you can get this off of the Blue Coat Systems website. Uh, Brother Gary Tomic uh, in our church back home in Kitchener works at Blue Coat Systems. He's told many people about this, uh, and uh, certainly I have it on a USB key. Uh, you're welcome to just get a copy of it. We can copy it to a CD if you want, uh, and you can take it home here from camp. Just come and see me. Or you can go to www.bluecoat.com and download it when you get home. And uh, you just go to their website, bluecoatsystems.com, and uh, click on product, and you'll see the Blue Coat web filter. CyberSitter is another one that's uh, out there. How many of you are using some of the popular ones like NetNanny? Let's just get a, a show of hands if you're using NetNanny. Raise your hand. No way. Okay. CyberSitter. Okay. How many are using filter software? Raise your hand. Okay, we've got maybe a third. All right. There's others out there. How many are using the Norton series of web filters? This is a very popular one. It looks like maybe a third of the hands are out there for that one. Norton Internet Security, um, when you buy that, you get antivirus, you get anti-spam and anti-spyware, but you don't get content filtering automatically from the CD. You have to download that. So parental control is something that you just choose an option. You can download that. It adds it to the package without paying anything extra from the original $69. I think that's Canadian, by the way. So probably 49 US. Um, there are so many choices for this, uh, so if anyone has questions, which is good, which is not, um, you're welcome to come and see me. We're not going to go through all the feature lists of these. Some of them can monitor your children's chats, okay, the instant messages, the MSNs, and the Yahoo chats, and, and whatnot. So if they're talking to a friend, and you as a parent want to go after they're done and just see are they talking to strangers? Are they you know, doing what's appropriate? Or, or should I be concerned about what they're doing here? Um, some of these do offer that. That is a proactive kind of tool-based uh, approach. But I believe that that's only one of the approaches that we really need to be talking about. 
the discernment issue that is at hand here and the teaching that needs to happen at all levels, parent levels, uh, church levels, uh, whether it's CFG, couples groups to make parents aware of what's going on, has to be stepped up, I believe. Keeping names anonymous, I just want to share with you uh, some testimonies uh, of what's going on. There's parents who are deeply concerned that their sons and their daughters are just not the same as they used to be. One used to be excited about church and excited about life. Now they just want to hibernate, it seems, and just spend all kinds of time on the computer. And uh, the parents would challenge it at times and just, ah, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. And to just keep blowing off the parents. Meanwhile, more and more, the enemy is stealing the life and hooking it into, for one, it might be pornography. For another, it might be gaming. And uh, these parents come and look for help. Uh, for someone else, it might be a young man or a young woman who is hooked on pornography. And it didn't start out that way. It started innocent. And before you know it, because of its accessibility, it becomes from a weekly thing to a daily thing. And uh, the prayer life is shut down. The interest in spiritual things is shut down. And I believe that we need to step up some of the tools that we have. The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh in Galatians 5. Resisting temptation won't be just by barriers of filter softness. It's going to be the spiritual component of accountability, confessing our faults one to another, praying one for another. Are we doing that enough? Let's honestly ask that question in our fellowship of churches, in, in your settings, are you connecting with accountability partner to open up and to pray with one another. That's a, a very important principle that we need to look at. There's some scriptures uh, to look at. Uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's power in the memorization of scriptures. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Get on the offense with this. Speak out against certain things. Um, in a gracious, loving way, but we need to take a stand on some of these things. Now, what we don't want to say this morning is we're putting a church-wide ban on Facebook. Okay, that's not what Dave was trying to say. Um, my wife has a Facebook account. She had about six months before I did, and then some friends kept on inviting me. And I thought, you know what? Being in the computer world, I need to be part of understanding what Facebook social networking is all about. So I signed up created an account, and uh, put some, you know, I guess uh, a few little pictures there, but if I would add up all the time in Facebook in the last six months, it probably would be less than an hour. Uh, I'm just not uh, heavy into uh, looking at others' pictures uh, and uh, chatting interactively in that way. I'd rather face-to-face -face with a person. But it can be a blessing, too. 
Um, you know, Martha has a sister in Paraguay, and uh, it can be a blessing for those that are separated by many miles. But what we're saying today is some people become addicted to this stuff. They spend way too much time. And uh, time that could be spent for the kingdom. And that's the, the big challenge here. These are some of the conclusions before we switch to uh, Brother Daniel's uh, comments uh, and uh, before we go into the panel. And that is, uh, we need to start the accountability to be stepped up. So parents, when you get home, Dave said if you take anything home from today's presentation, ask your kids that are using this stuff, show me your profile. Show me your account with Facebook or MySpace or, or whatever, whatever it might be. I want to just see how this works and what you're doing. And uh, you're welcome to get the PowerPoint from today's presentation. Uh, we have that available to you. It will also be on the CDs from the forums. And we can never underestimate the power of prayer for individual families, for young people, you know, whether it be couples that are praying for their children, whether it be teens uh, that could be struggling with uh, sexual attraction and uh, the enticements of the Internet, we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can have the victory. God has promised it, and it's a wonderful thing. And how many of you have heard of the Way of Purity Accountability Program? Raise your hand if you've heard of that. Okay, I see about half the hand. For those that are not aware of that, the Apostolic Christian Church in Canada um, and United States that's uh, of our fellowship, the Nazarene side, has contacted the sister church's efforts with this. The sister church has obtained a license from uh, an organization that put together a curriculum. Uh, it's uh, part of a, a curriculum that deals more than just internet addiction. Uh, setting the Captives Free has a program called Way of Purity. We have the license to use that without charge. Right? So you can see your leaders at your church and uh, say, you know somebody, even if it's not for yourself personally, maybe it is, maybe it's somebody that you know that you're introducing this to, and they will get an accountability partner and go through some lesson material, and uh, over a number of weeks, uh, they will uh, gain victory by being in the Word and having an accountability partner, a prayer partner, to deal with some of these addictions. Let's use the tools that we have. It's a powerful thing. Brother Dan. Thank you very much, uh, Brother Dave and Fred, for that informative presentation. Uh, okay, my topic is going to be issues of the heart. And uh, as I was saying, thank you very much for a very informative uh, presentation on how to protect most children. Fortunately, there are children like me. Uh, you see, to dismantle NetNanny, all you need to do is control, delete, select the process running in the background, kill it, and then you're free, pretty much. Uh, then, after that, you can open up your internet browser, use Google uh, Translate or... Um, Google Cache as a proxy server to disguise any site you're going to, to make it seem like it's Google.com instead of your porn site 101. Um, histories, 
No problem. Control H. Select the item. Control A. Delete. All evidence is gone. If your parents put your internet on a timer, like mine did, um, and you happen to have a wireless network, just got to move over to the right corner of the house, maybe look scan a few times, and oh, you found your neighbor's open network. You can log into theirs and have completely unrestricted access. And you know, if you're really hardcore, all you need is a $2 USB stick and some software, and you can plug it into any computer, reboot, and it's like your own virtual computer running off that USB stick with no way for anybody to really detect unless they're actually watching. <coughs> um, I can continue, but I think you get the picture. Where there's a will, there is a way. Um, according to the Bible here, the heart is deceitful above all. Now, the heart of a man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yeah, um, it is a heart that we must deal with if we want to control any sort of behavior. So, basically, my point here is it's not just the internet that's a problem. It's a lot of it is the people that use it. Uh, you go to somebody's Facebook site and you see some inappropriate comments. You see, oh, maybe some uh, interests they put on the Facebook site. It's not Facebook that made them do it. It's them. They're probably really like that in their free time when you're not watching or when they're not at church with their friends. They, they talk like that or they would upload those pictures. They show those pictures to their friends. Um, anywhere you aren't looking and are paying attention. My mom tells of a time when she and several of her friends were hanging out. Plenty of free time, so they decide to, oh, let's make a tape. Let's record a tape. So as they started making this tape, they started, oh, spoofing the elders of the church, and then the customs of the church. And then they sent it to their friends living in Phoenix, Arizona, all the way across the country. Everything was all good until she told her mom, my grandma, uh, what they had done that night, all the fun they'd had. Well, when Grandma heard about that and the specifics of the joke, she says, get that tape back now. And sure enough, in less than two days, even in the days of snail mail, they managed to get the tape back and destroy it. So, <laughs> I'm only two things that day. First of all, you don't uh, disrespect the elders or the church. And second of all, don't mess with Grandma. Even though my mom didn't have the technology of Facebook or the internet or anything like that, they still managed to get themselves in trouble just using the stuff they had around. It's part of the nature of man. Okay, so this is a little bit disconcerting. So um, what, can you, what can you do? How can you get to the heart of the matter with your children? How can you make God such a reality in their life that they're uh, willing to stay away from the sin available online just because of their fear of God, not just because um, you have a filter blocking it. And not only on the internet, but everywhere else. I mean, there's plenty of other opportunities, too. Well, the first thing is prayer. God is really the only one that can change uh, the heart of a man. And he's the only one that has the real power to, do, uh, to make those changes. So my, mom, my parents say that they have prayed more for us as children, uh, specifically about the internet, what limits God... Uh, would want us to um, pay attention to and uh, for God to protect us while we are online and um, how to handle things when they feel that the internet is maybe taking up a bit too much time. And then God does pretty amazing things like having Brother Dave put me on a forum where I'm talking about the internet and it's something that made me have to consider 
from my own actions online? And was I spending maybe too much time on Facebook or um, browsing the internet in general? And uh, was that stealing time away from my family? James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Another thing you can do, be an example. Are you upset about your children's choices on the internet? Uh, maybe you should examine yourself. Uh, you spend hours reading up on Facebook or checking on your friends. Do you read or watch violent or sexual material? Do you ignore the family so you can answer that last email? Just one more. If any of you know my dad, you'll realize that technology is in, uh, the fascination with technology is inherited. Uh, when he was a child, he would spend uh, oh, up to eight hours watching television all day. And that actually prompted him when he was a younger adult to get rid of the TV completely. And the first PCs that came out, he had one. He was playing the first games out there. Uh, but then he started noticing a questionable content in the games. And he realized it might not be a good thing for his young children, me and uh, my family, to be seeing this. And we're, we're always watching. I mean, you might think that we're not paying attention, but if you're on the computer all the time, there's a very good chance that your kids are noticing. First uh, Timothy 4.12. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and purity. Uh, do real things with your kids, especially young children. They'd rather, much rather spend time with you. They'd than uh, with a computer. Like, a computer can uh, provide maybe a quiet time for you or baby, become a virtual babysitter, but uh, it trains the child to find pleasure in a virtual reality rather than life you know, as, as we live it. Um, yeah, so be with your children. Take them, read to them, play with them, take them fishing, bike trips, invite real people into your home maybe much more interesting to have somebody tell you a story about how they were on a train that was being shot up by British troops in World War II, or somebody come over and tell you about how they were standing on uh, bridges of Belgrade for testing the NATO bombing with a target shirt on their, or a target on their t-shirt. Uh, then it's much more interesting to hear these stories in real life than to read about it online. Yeah. The story of a man being chased by a hippopotamus down a river in Africa just comes alive when you see the face of the guy telling it. These are stories that people have come into our house and hold around our kitchen table. Um, and they're not that unusual people. I mean, most, it, you'd be surprised if you get to know people how many interesting things there are uh, about them. So that can provide a distraction from the computer. Uh, I know recently I bought a mandolin, a musical instrument, to distract me from the computer, so instead of going on the computer, I can go and practice or, you know, learn some new tricks with that. And uh, it's, it's a real alternative, and it provides opportunity to connect with other people, uh, inviting people over and such. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Pro provide a dangerous or maybe a social alternative. Boys, especially, they love the violence of video games. They love killing things and such. Uh, Instead of buying them computer games or video games to play with on the computer, because that's just, you know, once again, um, embedding in their minds that, oh, a virtual reality is okay. We, it's good to be on, on the computer. So instead of buying them games, uh, maybe give them tools, uh, equipment, uh, 
ropes, other things they can build or work with. Let them chase a real rabbit with their slingshot or go out and climb the biggest mountain you can find with them. Um, one day my dad came home and he asked him, how much money would you be willing to spend to get Daniel completely off the computer? Like, anything? He said $2,000. Oh, sure, I guess. The next day, my dad and I went out and uh, we looked around and we found this porta boat. It's a foldable, collapsible boat, holds four people, and it collapses into the side of a small surfboard, so it fits in the car even. Now, we didn't have to spend $2,000 thanks to uh, Craigslist because we got it used, but the point is, it provides a distraction. It uh, forces us to do things together. Uh, we had to devise a system to make it more quickly, quick and easy to assemble, research radios so we don't get lost at sea. Um, yeah, and then, uh, of course, there's time spent motoring across the bay and out into the Pacific Ocean. How exciting can that get? Remember, things that are physically dangerous are a lot safer than the sin itself. If there's a lot more harm that can be caused by, uh, by sin than just maybe uh, a scrape or a bruise or maybe even a broken arm. Uh, for girls, I know my sisters, they love to socialize. Take them out for coffee, invite their friends over, provide opportunities for them to really interact with their friends instead of just having to chat with them on Facebook or MySpace or whatever they use. Also remember, there are consequences. Despite what other countries may say, the internet not, is not necessarily a right. It's a privilege. You can take it away. If your kid gets a ticket because he's driving too fast, you revoke the driving privileges. If they over text on their phone or um, run up too many minutes, you can, you can take away their phone. Uh, so yeah, you can take away their computer too. And if you discover something wrong online, don't be afraid to Go out and uh, take away the kid's computer completely. Hebrews 12, 7. For what son is he whom a father chasteneth not? Okay. Uh, also, try communicating. Your child doesn't, isn't going to know about the dangers of the Internet if you don't inform them first. Um, share real experiences appropriate to the current situation. Deuteronomy, uh, so that they can learn from you. Deuteronomy 4, 6, and 7. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the way, when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Um, another thing you can do is challenge your child. Maybe they need a challenge. Can anybody watch what you're watching? Let me see your profile. Uh, can I go through your computer at any time? If you do that, the, ch the child is going to be held accountable. I mean, it's, they're going to think about that next time they go and update their Facebook status. Oh, mom's going to see this. Hmm. Okay, maybe I better not say that or whatever. <laughs> um, if, if they're being addicted, if they're always online, if they're always on their cell phone uh, texting to their Twitter, uh, challenge them to put it down when there's a family moment or a real event, a real thing happening. It, uh, they'll, a lot of times they'll do it just to prove that they aren't addicted, you know. I'm what do you mean? I'm not a victim. I can drop it any time I want. Uh, so, in conclusion, uh, you, children of all generations need to learn how to be respectful and obedient to God, no matter what form of technology. Some have a harder time than others. Abraham posed as Sarah's brother without creating a face, fake MySpace. Leah got, got her husband with a veil instead of a falsified eHarmony. 
David looked on Bathsheba without a monitor, and uh, Cain killed his brother Abel without ever playing Counter-Strike or Call of Duty, violent video games. As users of the internet, we must always be on guard uh, against temptation and pray that God will grab hold of our hearts and keep us obedient to him. So we're going to allow the next 10 minutes for any commentary, questions, things we didn't cover. We're technically minded folks, so it took us longer than, say, if my mom were up here giving this presentation. We'd have plenty of time for the panel. So is there any question, comment, anything that might concern you with perhaps today's internet um, and the things that have not been touched on or touched on well enough? 20 minutes. Thank you. just uh, started a Facebook account to find a long lost friend who worked out pretty cool. It's interesting. But one thing I noticed is that um, people are posting comments now that, you know, old high school friends that have found her and whatnot. And there's kind of like a discussion going on between people that doesn't really even involve my wife. And so far it's been totally fine and appropriate people teasing each other. But it's like, this is her page and there's all kind of dialogue going on. Is there a way to like um, eliminate that feature, or is that something that's part of the process? I'm, I'm guessing that's... I'll, I'll stick with Facebook for now. Um, okay, Facebook. There, there is a way to, without getting too technical, in the profile of your Facebook page, there is a way to make comments from others show up on your, what's called a wall, uh, your profile is yourself, and your wall on Facebook um, displays everything that everybody posts to you. Or if you have two friends, what goes between them? And if you have two friends together who aren't necessarily um, uh, discussing something that's either relevant or appropriate or mature or what have you, because uh, I guess the maturity level sort of drops when you get old college or high school um, friends together, there are ways you can... Um, either eliminate them from your wall altogether or remove them as a, a posting friend, but still have them as an associate if personal things in life change or you want to be notified. They can let you know directly, but really if they're just broadcasting things out like that, it's probably not appropriate if you don't have that level of interest that they might think you have in them or their other discussions. Remove them, and then they're still considered a friend on Facebook, but not one that will show up so that you see all of their lives details. Yeah, uh, you can, uh, if you go right next to their comment, if you'll, you have to hover over on the mouse on the, let's see, if you're looking at the page, it would be on the left hand, or the right hand side of the comment. It's just, just above it, and it'll let you um, say, remove these friends' posts from my wall. And if, if you select that and check that box, they'll just disappear and they'll never show up on the main page. If they post something directly to you, it'll still show up unless you remove them completely. But they're yeah, just right on the main page, right next to that comment. Just move, it, hover over, and it'll, there'll be a little drop down that'll pop up, and you can select that. Well, 
filters out there. And I guess uh, I don't have any young kids in the house anymore, but I, uh, I've tried filters before, but everything seems like it sort of kills the performance of the Internet and the computer with the firewalls and the filters and these things. I was wondering if there was one out there that maybe um, didn't, didn't do that. I've talked to a couple parents who get themselves password fatigue, where if something um, just innocuous and standard keeps getting filtered out, that the parents keep having to type in password or uh, whatever the one character password is over and over again. But, Brother Fred, is there any advice? Filter technology, uh, we've noticed, is uh, all over the board. Uh, one year, Norton seemed to have a great product. Uh, let's say it was 2007. But uh, out comes the 2008 or the 2009 release, and, oh, the system is just bogging down. And it's ridiculous. Um, can I right now speak to 20 filter products and say which one I think is the best performing one? Not really. Uh, I do know that the Blue Coat one that I loaded as a test, the free one, seems to be pretty lean. Um, it's not very broad in what it's uh, stopping, so it's not for viruses. Um, it's not designed for other things, and it didn't seem to cause uh, the slowdown that I've seen sometimes in the Norton product. But uh, trial and error. A lot of these allow you to download it for 30 days, try it, if it slows down your computer too much, Go for a different one. The issue of, of wireless internet was raised, and I'm wondering um, if there's any advice about, you know, our, our, our children that will walk 10 blocks to get to a wireless uh, site, or even if if the neighbor is, uh, like you mentioned, has has wireless and uh, your whole, whole house is all of a sudden a, a hotspot. So how, you know, what, what advice would you have about that? Yeah, like I said, when you have uh, kids that are willing to go that far and uh, go and get that internet no matter what, there's really nothing that you or the software is going to be able to stop. Um, unfortunately, that's going to simply have to be a matter of the heart, as I said. And um, there's, unless, uh, I guess you could ask your neighbor to put a password on their wireless or something like that, but I really don't see any way to stop that as far as software. I, I don't know of anything that'll block only you know, certain, web, or certain web access points or anything like that. Uh, you're, you're kind of stuck as far as that. You just have to uh, maybe move the computer out into the open, get rid of the wireless card if you can, so plug it, plug into the, the router directly with a cable, and that'll restrict it a bit, but I don't know unless Fred has something about That's that. That's one point to emphasize is get the computer in the open space, and uh, I believe that parents that have young children, portability is not an option. A laptop to a 10-year-old that can take it anywhere, to a friend's house, to the library, um, that shouldn't be an option. That should be discernment choice and a call by the parents to say, you know what, 
Uh, at this point, I want to safeguard the purity, the innocence of these children, and uh, for them to pick up wireless signals at the, you know, the neighbor's uh, house, uh, which, uh, you know, is unrestricted and they can get into pornography addiction. It's just unacceptable. At home, uh, you don't have to answer this out loud, but how many of you have children that have a computer in their bedroom? It's a mistake. Um, you know, to have children with a computer in their bedroom um, is inviting the enemy to come and knock him. At some point in a discouragement phase of their life, if no one sees, no accountability is there, uh, they can get into trouble. And the person is here, the next bedroom, okay? And they're not going to go over to visit. But they'd rather talk when they're in Yugoslavia or who knows where. That's what I don't understand. And I think maybe he can answer a little bit more on this. I, I don't understand that. Well, when you're talking to someone online, there's always, uh, you don't have the awkward moments. You don't have the, oh, um, I'm not so sure, or, or the, the moments where you're not sure of what to talk about. You're just simply typing, and, and they don't see that. They don't see that part of you that's struggling for words, maybe, or not 100% sure of themselves. You seem more confident when you type something out and hit enter, and it sends and pops up. Uh, so that's one thing that makes chatting online maybe a little more attractive than going over and talking to someone face-to-face. Uh, also, it's sometimes, I mean, you, with online chats, you can start it up for maybe five minutes and then it's done. You don't feel like, oh, I walked all the way down the hall here, now I have to stay up for at least ten minutes, you know, make it worth my while, make it a visit or anything. It's just a, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, bye. It's like you're passing. Uh, so, it's definitely uh, showing our dropping attention spans, I guess you could say, or um, the fact that we we are having a harder time paying um, more attention and talking for a longer period of time. But in, that's just one thought about chatting online rather than speaking face to face. I don't know if that there's really a way to correct that unless you are actively inviting people over and you're kind of forcing your kids to talk, but. Chatting online definitely makes you more confident, or feel more confident, and uh, it's a lot more free, I guess you could say. You, you don't feel the awkwardness of the sit, sitting across the bedroom or whatever and that you get in a normal situation. Um, absolutely, uh, because, and I'll repeat it for the sake of the recording, just because um, your child might be a believer doesn't mean that there is no more obligation just to follow through with being sure that your, that your child is being um, a wise and prudent um, child of God that maintains the dignity, a respect for others, 
and uh, the walk that they've been called to. Um, so just because you're online doesn't mean you don't act the way you wouldn't in person, and it certainly shouldn't change uh, the fact that you are a child of God. I'm, I'm dating myself by uh, making this statement and then asking a question. Uh, but the more time goes on, the more I realize the English language is being destroyed. Uh, it's being uh, abbreviated to the point where many of us really don't understand uh, what, what, what's happening. And when we speak plain English, it seems like many of our children don't understand either. I envision my third grade um, single uh, teacher that was an old lady, probably at the age of 45, rolling over in her grave continually, even as I listen to uh, news on television or, or I'm really concerned, what's going to happen to the real language? Or is, in fact, this a ploy for the devil to have an international language that people can speak and, and bridge languages altogether? I think the world values information over knowledge. Information is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. And wisdom is not necessarily truth. So I think as the world becomes more collaborative, that's simply what you're going to get is a summation of a almost to the point where websites now they prioritize news based on how folks vote and certainly over time what what kind of what kind of spiritually beneficial news um, information is going to be out there if everything is prioritized and published by the world so the hope is found in prayer and and certainly not in things like wikipedia and collaborative news aggregation uh, you mentioned about having a computer in, in open sight and, and not giving laptops to younger children. Um, we had that policy, and then uh, my son bought a, a PSP, the latest you know, handheld thing. I let him spend some money and didn't realize that that also had internet access. So just because we don't have a laptop computer doesn't mean they can't search the internet. And for a case like that, what you can do is you can uh, filter out their MAC address uh, on the wireless router. And PSPs being online, um, the, the Nintendo Wii is no different. The Nintendo Wii, there's an internet browser, so that you would think from ages 6 to 12, uh, parents who don't know any better will let their 6-year-old set it up on the internet, and, and that becomes almost an, an innocent tool being used for the internet, which again we know to be uh, boundless and endless in its, in its uses. Um, the, the comment before about hotspots, one thing that came to mind is, though you can wander around with your laptop finding wireless access points, if you do it in the bookstore, if you do it in the McDonald's and connect to their networks, typically it's limited access. So they have filters set up, you would hope. Um, but if, well, there's an argument that if it's your neighbor's network access point, it's illegal to steal bandwidth that there is legislation that you're not allowed to just connect with whoever's open if they don't know you're connecting to it. But again, trying to tell your kid it's against the law, there's, there's plenty out there that to try to reason law with your, with your child or with someone, uh, it's probably not going to hold up very well. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of devices like your cell phone that can connect online.
anyone else. I think, Fred, you said it earlier about the time factor that it takes away from our lives on the Internet. And let's not be naive to the fact that I believe it's Satan's tools to suck our time. And at this stage in life, you think peer pressure isn't a problem. But at this stage in life, the peer pressure for my wife and I to be on Facebook is enormous. But the time that that sucks from our lives is unbelievable. And, you know, we're asking our kids to watch what they're doing. But some of us as adults spend way too much time on Facebook and chatting. What happened to the simplicity of having families over and getting to know them on an individual basis? That time is gone, and that's sad for me because I wonder where our kids going to be and our grandkids in the future because the interaction and the communication is all done on the Internet. And so we need to set the examples as adults. Yes, it's fun. It's a great way to communicate. It's a great way to get information. But the time factor, the sucking of our lives away into cyberspace is unreal. Very well spoken. Thank you both. Anyone else? What is LOL? Um, I'll, I'll ask Dad because uh, I told him this morning. Uh, it's just laughing out loud. Laughing out loud. And again, as, as Brother Bob pointed out, the language to be simplified, everything is abbreviated. So just because there's another code that the kids use, by all means, if you're not asking just to see their profile in a, in a kind way, ask them what the letters they use mean, because there are some that actually could, could be construed as pleasant or some that could be blasphemous. There are some that would either have curses or some that would have profanities. There are, there's, there's a myriad of um, abbreviations that if you're not in that group, if you're not in that social class, you won't understand it. But just like your parents or your children might ask you what certain words are in the foreign language you might have been brought up with, why not ask them about their foreign language and stay in tune? Don't ever try to use it in a social setting in front of their kids or else you'll embarrass them. But then again, that's your job. So I guess go ahead and do it. Anyone else? Okay, thank you all for your participation.